Welcome back to Look Who's Talking. It was WrestleMania at the National Championship. Joe Burrow was Hulk Hogan. Bill O'Brien's the biggest loser in the world. The Chiefs are reading each other's minds. Here we go. Freestyle. All right, welcome back to Look Who's Talking, everybody. How you folks doing? Uh, crazy weekend in the NFL. We're going to get right to it really soon. Just watched the National Championship game a couple nights ago. And if you missed it, I don't know what you were doing, but it was like WrestleMania. It was awesome. Two heavyweights. And this kid named Joe Burrow uh, introduced himself to the world if you hadn't met him already. And uh, he'll be a Bengal next year, number nine. Probably struggle a lot because he's, uh, he's walking into the AFC North. But holy shit, a whole lot to talk about. Episode 69, the Gronk episode of uh, your favorite NFL podcast, wherever you're listening in the world. Uh, thanks. Uh, Nihao, Priviat, Ola, Bonjour, and Vanagam. Yeah. Snappity snap nap, Sri Lankan. It's so facto. Weird, Mike. How's your barn, my, Hugh? My barn's pretty good. Not as good as your barn. Uh, the my- smash and sprinkle. Fire. The gambling donuts on fire, folks. Hope you're paying attention. Uh, yeah. So before you get Weird Mike's pick this week, you're going to have to rate, review, subscribe, yes. share, steal your neighbor's phone, because this is 69, the Gronk episode. Uh, every time we said that pregame, I giggled. Yeah. And you did it in a weird way, so please don't do that giggle you know, it ever got, again. It got me thinking. The giggling was subconscious, but when is I a grown man... When can I stop giggling at the stop. term 69? Yes. Like, the, like what eight? Now? Now, sure. But, but don't, anyway, I don't want to talk about this anymore because the giggle creeped me out more than the movie It, and that was a freaky movie. Did you see that? The Kid in the Sewer? Uh, not a big uh, Stephen King guy. Yeah. Well, you could star in one of his movies with a giggle like that, so don't ever do it again. The size of his novels as a child always spooked me from ever starting them. <laughs> 700 pages as a seventh grader? Come on. I've seen you get intimidated by a newspaper article longer than one column. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I didn't put you as a Stephen King reader. All right. Uh, that article was in the Globe and Mail, folks. Well, uh, while he's not reading books, he is reading spreads. Uh, Weird Mike's smash was the Titans spread, and his sprinkle was the Titans money line. He did both. We posted it on the Instagram. Hope you saw that. Enjoyed. And hope you did, too. Uh, our producer, Huck Daddy from Huck Media. All 69 of our episodes brought to you by Huck Media. Wherever you're listening on, on uh, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, that one called Stitcher, and uh, Spotify, and Lanyard, the one we made up. Uh, that's all brought to you by Huck Media. Andy, the biggest Titans fan in the greater Toronto area. That's right. Uh, how you feeling there, Huckster? Like a million bucks. The Titans are the hottest team in the league. So uh, we're going to box out Hugh here uh, for a second and uh, let him soak in that he has wandered himself into Titans headquarters here. Andy, welcome to Centennial Studios, a.k.a. GTA Titan headquarters. Wherever you are, Huck, you got to have a few. Send them over. Let's, let's, let's brainstorm on how to beat KC. Oh, I don't know. They just got to keep handing it off to Henry, I think. King Henry and nobody else. Nobody can stop him. We could, we could somewhat, we've been remembering the Titans a lot this year. We could pretty much uh, rename the studios uh, Castle Henry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shea Henry. Yeah, the Shea, the Shea Henry. He's the king of the castle. Anyway, he's, again, 
The guy's a, he's, he's literally a horse. His knees, when he's running full speed, are up by your sternum. He's the sternum crusher. And he's uh, going to be really hard to stop. It's, uh... Imagine him running through the line at you. You're like a linebacker or a safety. And you're looking at this guy running full speed at you. Like, that's the most terrifying thing on earth. Yeah. That's fucking freakier than your goddamn giggle weird, Mike, all right? Especially if you're like a, just a linebacker and you're just like a good tackler, you know? You're not there because you yourself are also a horse of a man. You're, you, like, you, you got really well coached in high school. And you're, you know, you got an upper body weight than you're naturally supposed to have. And all of a sudden, everything's broken down. You're flat-footed for the game. And here comes King Henry. The king, bro. Yeah. King Henry VIII. I love how he puts that little cross on his right cheek, you know, kind of away from it, but still there. Uh, everything about him, guy was raised right, he went to college right. He fucking walked into the game dressed as like a, a, an African god. He was in a pearl white suit with a pearl white sweater. Prince Olawalu. Pearl white everything. Walking into a football game like a man angel, you know? But like, a, anyway... You just I saw the picture before the game. I'm like, oh, my God. Like he, they, know, they know something we don't. And here's the thing. I was listening to a radio. Uh, T- Tony Gonzalez, from, you know, former chief and Falcon, was in two situations in his career when they won the division, I believe, but both with the Chiefs. and uh, Maybe once with Atlanta. Maybe once with Atlanta. And they, they, won, they won the bye. They won their division. And they, they, you know, they took time off. They even were rested that last week. And they asked him, like, did you like it? And he's like, you know, personally, like, at the time, like, yeah, I liked it. Like, you get an extra week off. It's amazing. You still get paid the same. And, you, you know, you, you, you're, you're off. It's good for your body. But, like, thinking about it afterwards, like, you know, if you're hot, it's better to just sort of stay hot. It's hard to pump the brakes and just turn it back on again. Especially if you're if you're Lamar Jackson, like you know, you expected to you expected to do well this season because you work hard, you believe in your talents. But did you expect to be the unequivocal MVP? So as soon as you turn it off in that Cleveland game, basically the week before Week 17, and then you're off Week 17 against the Steelers, they, and then they did not turn it off against Cleveland. I told you that was going to be their last win. Yeah. And last real effort until the playoff, and it fucking cost them. Well, now you got this guy who's for three weeks now, you know, just under three weeks leading up to the game, hasn't played real football, and he's just read how he's the best thing ever. It is impossible as a human fucking being to ignore that. Even if you're, like, blocking out the noise, man. Like, you know, even if you're doing all the right things. The whole world. The Pope wanted your jersey. The fucking Pope. The Farvin Pope, sorry. Uh, speaking of Farv, one of our Look Who's Talkers, thanks to all the Look Who's Talkers, by the way. Uh, one of our Look Who's Talkers, Greg McDonnell, messaged, messaged Instagram saying that you can get Brett Favre on your show for 400 bucks. He's available on, like, Cameo.com. Yes. And he gives you, like, one or two minutes. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. You could say all you want about, yeah, he didn't really say too much specifically about your show. I don't care. If he says, hey, with any one of our names after that, on recording, and then just talks about fucking squirrels for a minute. I don't care. We had Brett Favre on our show. So thanks, Craig. We're going to look into this. Uh, if the Titans smash continues, 
then definitely absolutely look into it for a uh, Brett Favre appearance before the Super Bowl, which would be uh, episode yeah, 71. You can fucking afford this betting on not even real football. <laughs> That's straight up. Uh, speaking of not real football, but uh, still real football, the college football playoff. Uh, very uh, real. Uh, one of the... Never been, I haven't been that excited for a college football game in a long time. I, I get excited for college football games all the time. But uh, leading up to it, you got Clemson. They haven't lost in 727 days. That's crazy. You know? That's crazy. Uh, and, they, you know, they walk in against Joe Burrow and this LSU mania machine that happens to be taking place in New Orleans at the Superdome. Uh, that got buried in all of this was the Heisman of Burrow, was how much home field advantage was in that Superdome. They said it twice on the air. The entire state of Louisiana was in the Superdome last night. <laughs> yeah, it felt like it. Okay. You want to take a hunch? That was it, man. Clemson hadn't played a road game, a, a real road game. I'm yeah. not talking about the Demon Deacons on a Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, okay? Right. Everybody hating you. And against you, and it got to the kid. Uh, I don't put it a knock on Trevor Lawrence. Do you? He had a bad game, first one in a half decade. Yeah, and, I, and I'm a guy who was, who was high on Trevor Lawrence from what I thought I saw, and I just, I, man, I, I really hated that game last night for him. And I'm not knocking him down. I'm not in any position to fucking do that. But uh, kid laid an egg, laid an egg, and uh, and Joe Burrow just looked better than ever. They they swarmed him. This is a good. This is the number one pass defense in the country. He looked really good, especially in the second half. He throws a, an accurate, soft, deep ball that Joel Clad on Fox compared to Joe Montana. And I mean, yes, but Joe Montana's career is fantastic. You can't compare it to his career, but his style of throwing and his quick little soft feet. Uh, I like the comparison. I think he's absolutely go number one. I uh, wasn't on it early, but not going to hate it now. You adapt. This guy's great. No, no, you got to do it. Yeah, it's great. Cincinnati, don't, don't overthink it. And what a, what a time to be an LSU recruit. Like, and just whatever. To be part of the LSU family. I've never seen a football party like that. It's like at WrestleMania when the, the real fan favorite wins the championship at the end of the, the, end of the you know, H Hogan beats... Sid Justice or Sergeant Slaughter during the Iraq War, and all the wrestlers like come out and lift him up over your shoulder. When you're a kid, this is like it was like wrestling porn. It was awesome, and uh, yeah, you got Joe Burrow. He could do whatever the fuck he wants. He's smoking a cigar. You got Odell Beckham giving people money. I don't, yeah, what was that about? It was how's, cool. How's that a lot? Yeah, Huck. Whatever. OBJ got dutty cash stash. Yeah. Center field, and a, and a fanny paying pack. the receivers, paying off the receivers that were, and then uh, I saw the receivers smile, and he had eight gold teeth, bottom, yep. gold front, not grilled. It was Patterson. The other thing is, <laughs> someone reported on Twitter that it wasn't real money. Bullshit, bullshit. I love the smoke screen. Yeah, whatever. I, sure, I don't I want anybody it. in trouble. I don't, I don't want, want anybody any, in trouble. I don't want anybody in trouble. College football has been like this for seventy-five years. When it comes a bit more out into the open, it makes it better, folks. Okay? Anything that's on the black market that 75% of the people take part in, uh, bring it out. It was like prohibition with alcohol. It's happened to weed in Canada and most of the, the, the woke states of the United States and countries all around the world. Now sports gambling and, uh, and, and boosting and just whatever. It's football. This isn't, this isn't gymnastics for your, for your daughter. All right? This is 
It's uh, it's top tier football. So I loved it. I loved it all year. We've been the Burrow Bowl. Joe Burrow put yeah. a fucking exclamation point on it right. last night. Right. And now you know the odds come out for next year's national championship, and Clemson's the overwhelming fave. Of course. Yeah. So Trevor's going to be back in the playoff. Right, you know, I don't think the Demon Deacons got any five-star recruits rolling through. There's that are going to derail the new machine that is Clemson. There's other teams in the ACC, but I see your point. Uh, Pitt's going to get better. Miami, the U will get better. The U. By the way, that U segment with Calais Campbell and Michael Irvin was amazing. The U know it. (laughs) That's amazing. Hey, I love me some U, but the bottom line is they got shut out in the Papa John's Louisiana Bowl. Right. Okay, you want to go back to Louisiana. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at here, Hugh. Yes, sorry. Is that Trevor Lawrence uh, will be in this same position next year with the number one pick on the line. He's going to have a redemption season. So where does he go? The tank for Trevor has already <laughs> begun in the NFL. I know you don't like to think tanking happens. It, it, it's because for the and most part remember, it doesn't. Cincinnati's got that number one pick because they were trying to tank. Only Dalton, but now they got him. I want you to give me your top three tank for Trevor 2020 NFL teams because it's already begun. Okay, well, here's... And his stock got even higher with this loss. You think it got lower? Yes. I think it goes higher because now he has a redemption season, tears everything up, beats Burrow, beats the record. It's the Trevor show. Um. No, I wasn't saying I wanted the turn. I was saying you weren't. You, you, you backed away from your mic a little bit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was. I was about to turn the corner. Yeah, so I'm kind of yeah, glad yeah, you, you gave me this me, look. Like, all right, there you go. Run no, talk. no, it's yeah. okay. That's good. Okay, so first of all, I'm going to rename this little contest of yours. I'm going to do the three teams. What's it called? But it's 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 called uh, suck by accident for the most part. Uh, what for the? Lawrence? No. Yes, because no team's really trying to lose. But here's what might happen. I think the Indianapolis Colts. The Detroit Lions, yes, or the Las Vegas Raiders will suck not on purpose, but either due to quarterback injury, a combination of just a bad start and quarterback injury, and then somewhat sort of seeing the writing on the wall, and then not necessarily trying to win those last few games. The Raiders, the Lions, and the Colts. Okay, well, you know better than anybody that any kind of season-long uh, proposition or movement needs a name. Yes. The Sixers had the process. There was suck for luck. <laughs> there was tank for Tua. Uh, I challenge our viewers to send us what you think this should be called. I'm calling it tank for Trevor, but I feel it needs something. We could turn it something with the locks. I think Detroit is highly probable. I think Jacksonville. Uh, I don't think they're sold on Minshew. This guy's more interested in cri- driving across the country in an RV and a mustache, and Foles just got paid, already got his ring. I think Jacksonville is foolish to overlook this possibility for Trevor. Southern boy, East Coast following, get the Clemson fans on board for a struggling franchise. And uh, there's one team we're The Chargers. The Chargers. I was just going to say. Was, that was my third. It, we it, agree on Detroit. You want a kid that looks like a California boy to go in, oh. you know. Sunshine. Two-time national champion, possibly. Oh, love it. That's how you get some tickets. Because right now you don't have fucking fans. Or That's probably something you should think about. Or the backdoor Tom Brady, take a hike, nice to know you out of Foxborough. Billy B gives him the golden handshake, says go somewhere else. And the Patriots go 1-15 and, 
and get Billy B's, uh, you know, prodigal well, prospect. I mentioned this last week that there's a writer yeah, that, that I, believes I, that I, this is the Patriots' total plan, somewhat. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we'll see. I didn't like the way Lawrence looked last night, but I think, still think he's fantastic. Just let me down last night. I think he let himself down last night. Everyone's going to have one of those. That was his first. That was the first time he's lost in like three and a half years. Since his second, his junior year of high school. Correct. He lost the state final in his junior year, uh, 5A ball. The same shit the Titans were playing from the movie, by the way. Same state. Yep. Um, junior year, final game, was the last football game he lost. Almost a half decade. Yep. All right, well, there was another th- crazy-ass thing that fucking happened this weekend before we get into the, the week, this week's games. Uh, one of the biggest playoff comebacks in history. That was also one of the most predictable comebacks in history. True story. But I'm like the boy who cried wolf with comebacks and a guy who also really supports live betting, like James Holzhauer. Uh, as in, if you think a team's going to win, there's a really good chance they could be losing in the first half and you get them at a much better rate. I even said to my compadres here at Castle Henry, uh, hey, the Texans could win this, be winning this game early. Chiefs are going to win it for sure. That's what I would do. Save the live bet. Uh, but I'm like a boy who cried wolf with this. I, I pick it a lot. Anyway, it's why live betting really rules. You could have got a ad- very advantageous plus 320 at one point on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we did it for plus 14, the spread, which was even nicer. Yeah, the spread live bet was too much to ignore, right. but Vegas didn't really give great odds. Here's the also thing. If you have bet 365, if your team's ever up by 17 points on a money line bet, they pay you off like you won. That's right. They pay you off like you won. The game was still in the second quarter. That's right. That's how fire weird Mike is right now. Yes. I smashed everything on KC, teaser spread, pick them. But I went ahead and took Houston. On the money line. They were winning by 17. He gets the, he oh, cashes that bet. Pay and, then, it. and then wins everything on the Kansas City. Anyway, uh, it's cool options you can have. Look into that shit. Uh, live betting, pretty cool. And Bill O'Brien. What the fuck are you doing? You're a loser. Like, you want to know why he's a loser? And not just because of the football decisions. Did you see the video? I'm sure some of you look who's talkers possibly saw it. Google it on YouTube if you, if, you, if you haven't seen it. It's Bill O'Brien yelling obscenities at fans as he's walking into the tunnel at halftime of the game they were losing at home to the Denver Broncos. Some home fan or some fan yelled out, you suck, you fucking suck. And there's a video of him turning around while he's walking in, into the halftime tunnel, screaming, you fucking suck. You know what? You fucking suck. Like, you're a grown man. This isn't your first game. You're the fifth year, maybe sixth year. So that's... Head coach of the Houston fucking Texans. And you're screaming back at a fan, you know what? You suck. Like, and swearing. I'm not going to... You suck, motherfucker. I'm not going to call him a loser. I'm going to call him hot garbage. All right. Okay, <laughs> hot garbage. A fake punt inside your own 40, up 24-7. Oh, my God. Now, he's saying that it's only being judged as a bad decision Yeah, it, because it didn't work. That, 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 that's such fucking bullshit when it, coaches say that. That's, that's picking both sides of the spread, saying that, okay? Um, you just got to know the room, man. Because if that goes wrong, it's an avalanche. It doesn't, if, if it goes right, it doesn't mean you're going 60 yards and scoring a touchdown. Right. You're just it's, getting another set of downs. It's just low 
reward, low, high risk. Low reward. Low reward, high risk. Why, why? why extend this drive? Just punt it. Make the, him go. The fumble compounded the mistake, so it looks 10 times worse. By the way, the guy who fumbled the kickoff, which kind of sealed the deal, once that guy fumbled the kickoff and it went to the house. That guy's kind of getting away with murder right now because everyone's blaming O'Brien. But yeah, yeah, bad fumble. That's the same guy who threw the ball at the ref in the Bills game. Carter, he's supposed to be a speed guy, a return specialist. Right. He never called fair catch in the end zone. No. There's this officiating Illuminati thing going on. Put put your conspiracy hats on for about one minute, folks. Less. (laughs) There's black coats that came onto the Bills game. I touched on it briefly. Nobody's ever seen them on any sideline everywhere. They came out of the bowels of Reliance Stadium in Houston. Nobody's seen them since. That's not a reviewable call. This Carter guy got his fucking payback, motherfucker. That guy fumbling and losing that game and officially swinging the pendulum back to the Chiefs was his payback because what he did to the Bills, not calling a fair catch, those guys talked the most senior official, Corrente, off a call. He was shaking his head. This is my truth of the week moment. The officiating Illuminati against the Bills. Nobody's talking about it, which makes it all the more real. Hashtag weird thing of the week. Hashtag who are the black coats. Um, oh, my God. By the way, Weird Mike uses hashtags a lot just in group chats. Like They don't need to be hashtags. I feel like they just perfectly sum up my moment. If I, I put a hashtag in front of it, you know how I'm really feeling. Right. Uh, hashtag who are the black coats. Okay. I, my theory is that they have those, these black-coated referees at every NFL game and this was just a particular scenario where they had to come out. If you're not aware, by the way, of the situation we're talking about, if you missed this in the Bills game, during the Bills-Texans game, uh, the Texans guy didn't call fair catch by any sort of uh, letter of the law in his own end zone, and he threw the ball to the referee. Basically, a fumble. Uh, But the ref sort of sided with somewhat common sense and almost gave him a break. Kind of like Zach Johnson's weird uh, mishit in golf, when he was just practice swing and he yeah. kind of hit the ball, no one's ever really done that. I'm sure he didn't mean to do that. What the fuck do we call here? But there's no black coats in golf. Hashtag who are the black coats, folks. We're looking into this a little bit more. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. One other thing. Uh, yeah, Lamar. When you have, look, if you want to run your way to the playoffs, that's great. It's awesome. And if you do it in a real futuristic way as far as bring, bring these fullbacks and extra tight ends back. Just the whole world's gone soft on defense to cover more receivers. We're going to go super hard 50s-style pistol and run this option. That's great. But what happens when you're down two scores? Because you're not built to come back. So this is why I'm not giving Lamar haters love, and I'm giving Lamar love. He was the MVP because that shit worked this year. But it's hard to play football planning to never be down by two scores. And it's hard to run the ball uh, when you're down two scores. It just is. Uh, yeah, Lamar getting a lot of heat, obviously. I mean, numbers were huge. He didn't, but play, he didn't play good. It was all empty. Yeah. Uh, Harbaugh got outcoached, which is rare, like super rare. Like you never, you know, maybe he doesn't always win, Yeah. but rarely is Harbaugh outcoached. Gar- and Vrabel... Had him shook going for these fourth and ones. Yeah. And the Titans, you know, Vrabel is a fucking opportunistic son of a gun, man. Yeah. 
Fourth and one, no. Next play, 45 yards to the house. Hashtag longest touchdown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> rare that it was outcoached. It's not all on Lamar. Obviously, you, you, you can't, I'm having a hard time saying that he had a bad game because he had like 500 total yeah, yards. Yeah, then he set like two records yeah. but you know, <laughs> like in the playoffs. Here's the thing about. We're talking about him playing as the worst game as a pro. Here's the thing about garbage time. His worst game as a pro was the last playoff game he played against the Chargers. Your Chargers. Um, here's the thing about garbage time. It's like garbage time in a playoff game when you're going to lose. It's, it's, it's worse than garbage time in a regular season game. Like, it's painful to watch, you're it's, right. It's, it's, it's also just means so much less. It's like you have a two-year anniversary with your, the, you know, the girl you're, you're seeing, and you totally forget it. You fucking come home in dirty sweatpants and pass out on the couch because you worked overtime because it's just, you know, it's good for you and her, right? But you totally forgot. Then you remember it like 6 a.m. and like make her breakfast, you know, you can't brag the next day. Be like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I cooked her a meal for our anniversary. You know, it was all in garbage time. Doesn't matter. So, and she's still really mad at you, just like all Ravens fans at Lamar right now. Picked a bad game to suck. That was uh, that was a hell of a Saturday night. Shout out uh, Morrison and the whole Look Who's Talking crew in the North Side. Yeah, Look Who's Talking diapers party, bro. Wow. Yeah, that happened. Uh, I got turned on to Super Bowl squares, uh, a rare gambling void <laughs> that I had no idea was even out there. Do you, it's a real thing. Yeah, I was. You take random squares for, for I was, playoff games. You know, I just kept asking, who's in for a square? I had my hand up for 45 minutes yeah. through the whole fourth quarter of that terrible Vikings-San Fran game, oh, yeah. which we're not going to talk about. It. No, it's fine. Uh, but anyway, big thanks to the Mojo uh, from Morrison wearing the Henry jersey and the Massive penis coming out of the T-shirt. What was that? Yeah, custom made. Uh, Nolan, Paris- Nolan made him. A, Nolan made him a shirt with a big cock on it because uh, Brady sucks. That King Henry's dick. I believe that was the. Was yeah, the whole well, thing. that shit got me excited. That's. And, uh, wh- I knew. I knew you, that's where this was going. What? That shirt got it you amped excited. Me, it amped me up to and smash it, a little more. It had an erect dick on it, and it <laughs> happened. It did. So maybe it, a, an erect dick is a good luck for you. Maybe that's why I left 20 minutes. Anyway. So you need to go to Newmarket and find some cack. <laughs> Beauty little town. For the Titans to win. Um, we'll see where is Patrick and those, that team's built for, the, built for the comeback in even a special way that I'll talk about in the Truth of the Week a little bit later. Uh, yeah. A couple things. We told you to pick the Chiefs last week as our futures bet. Plus 350. Oh. Plus 350. They are the, the favorite now to win the Super Bowl at plus 120. So I hope someone listened to me. Um, you got to figure you got to have a couple nibbles on that. Yeah. So what, what were they even before? Like, we kind of thought. Like before, before. Yeah, yeah, before that. I don't know. Before that, before the Patriots lost to the Dolphins week 17, I bet it was like plus 800. Wow. You know, plus nine. That's, uh, that's what you do. This way, if, you know, if you put a couple hundred bucks on that, if the Chiefs made it to the Super Bowl, holy shit, you're going to win, you know, a, around a grand. If the Chiefs win, you could bet 250 on the other team and just party, eat some chips. <laughs> All right, so well, uh, what, what, why not, uh, why fuck around any longer? Because I'm going to talk about the Niners-Vikings game, but I'll talk about it uh, when I'm telling you my picks, which I'm going to do after you because, holy shit, you got honors. Four-digit win. For the weirdest Michael I know, 
We'll do the Obi Trice after the gambling. That's hard. Fucking donut. Here we go. I'm officially the weirdest Mike, you well, know? I know a lot of Mikes, too. It's, Most people know a lot of Mikes. It's a common name. So, uh, proud slash offended. So, Mike, <laughs> Mike, to differentiate himself from any other Mike, uh, or Michael ever checking into a hotel or golf round, will leave his name as Angel. <laughs> so, I'll be showing up to, like, Burlington fucking Springs after work. I'm like, hey, all right, yeah. Uh, the boys are already on the TM, late, usually. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yeah, Mike... For, uh, you know, 405. And the guy's like, nope. I'm like, oh, yeah. Angel 405. He's like, yeah, right here. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, he's an idiot. All right, there you go. Uh, thanks, man. Pull cart. Uh, you can't do it for hotels because they need the, the government issue. Right. They think you're a man But, but for <laughs> uh, golf rounds and reservations, you got the alias, and it's Angel, half my last name. And one time on a date, we went in, we met, had to give the maitre d', my name, the guy looks up at me and he says, you're not a black stripper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. It was like a third or fourth date. It wasn't like my girl. Right. Uh, but yeah, that was about seven years ago. I shied off it for a bit after that. That was, that was, that well, was a big you, moment. I rarely embarrass easily. Well, when you... you and you, that was... Well, well, you do rock a lot of vests. So like, even when you walked in, they weren't sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a big vest guy. All right, so who are you fucking taking? Here we go. Make the people some more money. Please, for the love of God. For the love of God. Weird pick. 2-0 and last week. 3-1 and in the playoffs. 14-11 on the season. Translate to 56%. A benchmark for professional gamblers. Giddy up. Um, the smash and sprinkle. Red hot. We just have... A sprinkle this week, folks. Okay? Send the hate elsewhere. I just have a sprinkle. Okay? And I'll save my you, why you, for after your picks, you, you. I will want to hear the why. You, you take your Because it's the new year and I'm trying to lay it's off. It's championship weekend. All right. All right. Okay? If, if I had a smash, I would relay. That's but fine. I don't want our listeners to, you know... Finally, jump on. There's not. A, there's not a prop. There's. I mean, there's like I'll 780 things to pick from I'll send in you, two games. I'll send you a prop uh, through you. Uh, <laughs> I'll <laughs> post Insta. it. Okay, you post, post the. I'll props. post the smash. It's uh, still not hashtag unanimous. Right on the Insta access, so I'm limited. Um, but I'll be taking the very unpopular under in the AFC title game. 52 and a half between our Tennessee Titans, Huck Media, Huck Daddy, and the rest of the world, Kansas City Chiefs. They Jeff, already played Jeff Hewlett <laughs> this year. This is a rematch yep. uh, from earlier in the year. And familiarity leads to unders. Tendencies, even though you're going to throw in a wrinkle, I get it. You've seen it. You've actually been there. This happened less than two months ago. Um, so the shock and awe is gone of each of them, right? Tennessee uh, ran for 200 yards that game. Mahomes threw for 400 yards yep. in that game. So they've seen it, and uh, that tends to lead to some unders. Also, Tennessee D getting no love anywhere along the line here. They held Brady to 13 points. They held Lamar to 12 points, uh, or whatever they finished with, I get. But uh, basically, the garbage time points. Yep. Uh, where's the love? 
They got some sharp dudes in the secondary. And, yeah, they got Jarrell Casey, who's a fucking problem in the middle of that line. Like, this guy is a force when he is on all cylinders, and he is. And that's how you win in the playoffs, pressure up the middle. So the under is 52 and a half. Okay, if it's 28-24, it's still under. Okay, they control the ball. It's well-documented. They love to run the ball. I think the familiarity leads to the under. And uh, I'm kind of hoping... Uh, we all know that KC didn't uh, blow the lead. I'm kind of hoping they blew their load <laughs> last week with that 51. A little more modest number this week, I feel, is far more uh, attainable. They're going to be a little bit colder. And like I said, folks, same, same, but different. Under, weird pick, just the sprinkle, 52 and a half. And uh, as you recommended, Hugh, I'll dish out a game day prop for y'all. Yeah, for the love of God. I mean, it's like going to a chat. This is when, like, when you chirp my I'm overs d- I, a couple of I, years. I, I had VOG uh, telling me that a fucking over is not a real pick. Right. I almost fucking, holy shit. I think I was the most I've ever been angry right. on set here uh, between Kipling and Centennial. You got a real people's eyebrow going on right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> over-unders are real picks too, folks. They are. That's not what I was chirping. I'm saying it's like going to a Chinese restaurant hey. where they have like a Bible for a menu and then like looking at see your friends and be like, ah, there's nothing I like here. <laughs> they have everything in the grocery store on the menu. It's AFC Championship, I, NFC Championship. There's a lot of options. You're going to give the people, you're going to fucking give the people one more pick. You can do it this week. We'll post it on Instagram. All right? All right. All right. So I don't mean to be tough on you, but the people need to be, you, you're winning a lot of money. Share it. All right? All right. That's what I want. Q. The under. The Obi Trice. Here we go. You. Okay, folks. My gold pick uh, is the, I'm sorry, Huck Daddy, the Kansas City Chiefs. Got them at minus seven and a half. Online, I'm going to buy the point. You should too. Uh, it'll be seven and a half if you're playing a ticket at any casino or retailer. So you won't be able to do that, but I'm still taking the seven and a half. This is the most prolific offense we've seen, I think, since the 07 Patriots firing on all on, on really all cylinders. If you're gonna double team Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey's gonna take over the game. He is healthy. Surprise. Uh, surprise, Houston. Surprise. He, he's fucking healthy. And uh, they got something really special going on in Kansas City. I if Tennessee falls behind. That Derrick Henry-led offense with play action at Tannehill, it's not going, it's not going to work. You're, you're going to have to open it up, and will they be able to keep up with the Chiefs? I don't think after such a physical game against the, the Ravens, then a, such a physical game before that against the Patriots, that they are physically ready and up to speed to cover Kansas City for four quarters. Uh, this has been a great run by the Titans. I'm not trying to discount what they've done. It's been very impressive. They didn't, they didn't, uh, Baltimore didn't lose that game last week. The Titans kicked their ass. And, uh, that was real. But I just think they're, they're just outgunned in this game against a team that even if the Titans get up by 10, the game is not over. It's not even close to over. Uh, whereas the previous opponents that the uh, Titans have run into, if, if they got that lead, it was over because their defense could hold them. Not the case with this uh, with this Kansas City Chiefs offense. 
two generational talents playing together at the right time, and they have a connection that I'm going to talk about a little bit later in the truth of the week. But I think uh, eventually this will get out of hand, and the Titans just and Ryan Tannehill won't be able to keep up with the Chiefs, who are on to bigger and better things this year. The door's wide open in the AFC, and they're about to step right through. Chiefs roll. Win by 10. High-scoring game. Sorry, Mike. Uh, there we go. Second pick. Now, this one's important. I like the Packers plus 7.5. I have... Yes, I got the San Francisco 49ers. They're faster. They're a better overall team. Their defensive line, bunch of all-stars playing at an all-star rate. And if the Packers hadn't already seen them, I think that would actually be too much. But they've seen them. The Packers have already had, had their ass kicked by this Niners team. In the exact way, they're going to do it again. They're going to try to run the ball down their throat, and they're going to attack Rodgers. Try not to give him any time, get him off his spot. And they're going to cover Devontae Adams with Richard Sherman. And Rodgers is going to have to beat the Niners with other guys while facing a lot of pressure. If he didn't already have to do this this year, it'd be tough to take him. But here's my question to you, for all you San Francisco takers. And I, I, I respect you. I see what you're seeing. But how can you trust Jimmy G when his coach doesn't? His coach knows him a lot better than than you do. And he basically benched him in that second half. He didn't need him. But he handed the ball off for 80% of the plays literally after the Jimmy G threw that interception. He's like, you know what? I don't need you. I don't need a fucking quarterback to win this game. My D-line and my D is going to beat Kirk Cousins and that O-line. And Dalvin Cook. And my running backs and my O-line and Greg Kittle blocking are going to win this game. We're going to get six yards of play and just get first downs all day. And that's what they did. Jimmy G, honestly, weird Mike, you could have played quarterback with the San Francisco 49ers in that second half, and they would have done all right. They didn't need you. They didn't need Jimmy G. So my question is, what do you do? What are you going to do, Jimmy, when your team actually does need you? And Zadarius Smith is steamrolling right into your face. Hashtag snub. Zadarius and the other Smith. I think the Packers are going to be more ready. I don't like them to win this game, but seven and a half is too much. So I got the significantly better quarterback. I have a Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers, healthy. With weapons he seems to like more and more. And a running game. Against a Packers team that's already faced this Niners team. I think the Niners win in a great game. 31-28. Packers figure out how to sort of block after the first quarter or so. And like give that extra blocker. Figure it out. A couple of running touchdowns. And uh, yeah. Niners get by 31-28. Taking the Packers on the spread. That's the few picks. We're taking the Chiefs. Minus seven and a half. Packers plus seven and a half. Sets up Niners, Chiefs, Super Bowl. Sorry, Hop. You! Uh, I uh, I like the Packer pick big time. Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he's going to be denied. I this, s- is, uh, this is his legacy on the line, and the Niners have their time coming. I see I see them squeaking that out. I, he's, he's, they're going to be calling a game to not lose. And eventually they might have to... Why do you say that? Why do you say that? Well, because Jimmy... They're not going to give Jimmy G a lot of... I mean, 
when he's throwing a lot of like like Dak Prescott, he throws some passes that are like the guys are wide open, or he doesn't throw it. He doesn't throw into tight deep windows, and if they don't have to because of the running game, one of the number one, one of the top running games in the league, they're not going to throw it. I don't think uh, I think Sh- uh, Shanahan is clever enough to to save an ace, a final bullet to get him to the Super Bowl. Um, getting there is a lot of credibility too. You don't always have to yeah, win it right away. I don't have the Packers winning. Uh, I, I think you're you're selling Jimmy G short again. I think they're going to put a lot more of it on him because remember the Niners beat down the Packers another rematch. No, I know. If you all think that's going to happen again, you're crazy. And Jimmy G had a lot of great stats that day. He made some good throws. He like Greg Kittle was open by ten yards. I'm just saying. Green Bay's defense was just awful that day. Hey, Their offense was awful. Everybody's got to burn the tape game. No, I know. I'm just – Greg Kittle, like, he caught the 79-yard pass. He was open by 10 yards, man. I could have hit him with a blindfold on. I don't think uh, Green Bay is going to go 0 for 3 in California this year. They got smoked by the Chargers and the Niners. It's like, weird, though, because did you see the post-game interview with Aaron Rodgers? He's kind of creepy, by the way. Uh Talking to Aaron Andrews, like, you know, I'm just going to enjoy a glass of scotch and enjoy this win. Almost like, yeah, we might get our asses fucking kicked next week. So I'm going to enjoy this playoff win because I may as well. He's got to be in on a scotch company, right? They all got their own. Without, you know, he's saying it without saying it. I feel like the beard, like you grow a beard like that, you may as well work for a scotch company. Part owner of the buck. Anyway. He just, he just signed a $180 million contract. I bet he starts his own fucking scotch company. The guy's California cool, man. I love it. Uh, but also listening to your picks, you before you do it. your uh, truth of the week. Yep. Um, you're right. You're right. I owe the people more. Yeah. Yeah, you fucking do. And hearing your incorrect handicap of your gold pick and the KC Chiefs. Yeah. I will be Titan Smash. Ow. Plus seven and a half. Bring it back. Extra motivated because you made me do it, Hugh. Good. You made me do it. Yep. Smashing, plus seven and a half. Sprinkling the under. Let's do it, Huck. No, sprinkle the under, smash the over, or smash the Titans. Yep. If the Titans win, it's probably going to be under, seven and a half because... It's a good pairing. I'm not going to do the money line because... And I want to protect what I've won. Right. But... I'll take the hook in the seven and a half. Sure. And I may buy a point. I'll let you know if I do. But sometimes that's the secret to making the real money. It's a good pairing because you got to figure if the Titans are going to make this a game, it'll probably be a low-scoring game. Because if it gets out of hand, I don't know if Tannehill can keep up. I don't think Tannehill thinks he can keep up. But, hey, he made some fucking beautiful throws. and need some beautiful catches. I'm watching this game. I'm like the last two guys who've caught touchdowns in the divisional playoffs for the Tennessee Titans. I've never heard of before, and I have like a weird, almost encyclopedic me- memory of s- current stats, current players, and even former stats, former players. It's weird. I don't even write a lot of stuff you, down. Yeah, you were befuddled. Yes. With the... Uh, Janu Smith? Yanu. 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 And I don't even remember the other guy. Uh, neither do I. Right. But that one was better. He came out of nowhere. Very impressive. He's not even on the team anymore. And... Uh, <laughs> This truth, eh, Hugh? Yeah, I want to hear it. All right. I want to hear it. I'm uh, interested. I'm there's something, there's something unstoppable going on with the Kansas City Chiefs right now, and I don't think we've delved quite into it enough. We've seen it before in sports, and it's often uh, replaced with the word dynasty. Here we go. <laughs> 
Yo, you might have just made a fact just now. That's some real shit. True of the week is that Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are in a unique spot. We, only, we see this sometimes in sports where guys can get on the, such, such a same mental level that they literally can read each other's minds. I saw this interesting thing on inside, posted by Inside the NFL on Instagram, and Kelsey came off the field after one of his touchdowns in the second quarter, and Patrick Mahomes was talking to one of his, one of his other receivers, and he just walked up to him, and he's like, bro. Like, like two dudes who just smoked a joint together freshman week of college and ordered a pizza at the same time with, from different rooms without talking about it, and even got the same extra toppings, dipping sauces, and, and po- extra pops, you know? And then just walked in and were like, bro, you know, did we just become best friends? They, he's like, dude, how did you know I was just going to stop there and not go left or right? How, there's no way you knew I was going to do that. And he's like, bro, that's exactly what I wanted you to do, and then you did it. There are these 22-year-old dudes who happen to be the best players at their position currently in the world, and they are playing together in a way that is unique in sports. And it's often where you get dynasties. Because there's a lot of guys who play together long enough who develop these sort of mental connections. Go back to when you were playing sports. I bet some of your highest success was when you, you were playing with somebody long enough where you developed just a connection with them and you knew where they were going, maybe even before they did, and you hoped they did because that's the advantageous thing is you're both staring at the same set of variables. Uh, and this allowed you to succeed because that silent communication the second before you're about to make a play and there's no way the defender could know because how could he? That's just special. And if, you, if you're beyond special in talent, well, then it's that more special of a connection that can be taken advantage of. Uh, you know, I played hockey with a couple guys at different parts of my careers where I, I never had the hardest shot. I was always pretty fast, but always pretty smart and could gain an advantage because I would really learn, to learn my, my, my line mates. And so with, with like, my buddy Morrison, like early on in like kids hockey, we just would just get goals the same way. Like every, you know, those classic sort of two on ones. Uh, me and Dewey at Carmel, I wasn't. Oliveira was playing with him at first. This kid, he had a better shot, probably a better total complete hockey player. But I knew what Dewey was going to do before he did it. We hung out all the time. I knew, he was gonna, I knew the stupid shit he was going to say in class before he said it. And then I have to give him that look before he said it. Like, don't fucking say that thing you're thinking of saying because you, you know why. Anyway, and that's shit special in sports. Tony Romo mentioned this, that he had this with Jason Witten. But he's still Tony Romo. He's not quite this all-world talent. But that allowed them to win some big games, especially if you're a scrambling quarterback. Tom Brady and Gronk never had the connection that Mahomes and Kelsey have seemingly created because Tom Brady's not a scrambling quarterback. They're all part of the same offensive system and receiver tree and understanding of these option routes that are kind of decided in those first three seconds usually. But, but with Mahomes being able to scramble and Kelsey being able to kind of scramble too and his physical advantages and Mahomes being able to throw a fastball, sidearm, running any direction, how the fuck are you going to beat these guys? It's like I remember being a kid and watching Gret, uh, Gret, the, the Wayne Gretzky video that everyone watched. If you were a kid around my age, the uh, Wayne Gretzky above and beyond, and he talked about this connection he had with Yari Curry, and they won four cups in six years, I believe. 
84. Yeah, it was a dynasty. It was something like that. There was a couple in between. The Flames won it one year, and I think the Habs won it one year, and then they won it again in 88. They won it again after they traded Gretzky. But either way, for about five, six years in hockey, there was just this... Messier was obviously doing his thing too. Glenn Anderson, Paul Coffey, but you had Yari Curry and Gretzky just playing many two-on-one hockey everywhere. And they just knew, and he talked about that. He's like, I just knew where he was going to be, and he knew where I, where I was going to put the puck, and vice versa. And we just made everything a two-on-one, and yeah, there's no way you're going to know what we're going to do because we haven't even talked about it, and it's this beautiful spontaneity. So you take that in hockey, and you bring that to a scrambling quarterback and Travis Kelsey, and two of their touchdowns were just this beautiful scrambling. Brett Favre did it with his tight end that's not remembered a lot, Mark Chimura. And during his four MVP seasons, he would scramble outside, and him and his drinking buddy, literally they were drinking buddies, he would just, yeah, I'm going to run, and it becomes recess. Now I'm just going to throw it to you. Just stop there, bro, because you know if I just, you don't even have to be that open anymore. Now when you run out into the flats and you're throwing like a 10-yard pass, man, you, you could be basketball open for a pass. As in just my ass is on my defender, throw it to my top right hand. And you both know that. It becomes unblockable. Montana and Rice, not quite the same scrambling quarterback, but you had one of the guys best in the world at his position, best in the world at his position, Montana and Rice, and there's a dynasty. Gretzky and Curry, dynasty. I think because of Kelsey and being the best tight end in the world, Mahomes being the new best quarterback in the world, we'll see a new dynasty, and I'm sure that's easy to say, but I just tried to explain a little bit of why. And they're starting to witness that too. Literally, like uh, the the guys from Dude, Where's My Car? Like, you know, like just, dude, bro. There's gonna be a movie about these two fucks one day. Yeah, millennials. And they look like they're having a blast doing it. And that, when you add in the fun, anyway, good luck stopping these guys. Truth of the week can't stop the Chiefs because of that mental connection. It's like when you and your wife are at a party and. You're on the opposite sides of the room and some kind of big argument just happened in front of everyone and you know her so well and she knows you so well that you both know the joke that you'd like to make but can't because it wouldn't be appropriate, not with this group anyway. And then you, on the walk uh, home, you know, you, you, you giggle to each other. Uh, it's hard to beat that shit in sports. And it doesn't happen too much, so let's appreciate it. And it's hard to beat, Mike. We'll see, bro. But as the ghosts of Castle Henry are saying, Shay Henry, bro. Shay Henry. Sure. There's ghosts. There's ghosts. Creaking. Creaking. I can feel it. Also, uh, you're hot. I'm sort of hot. You know, not quite just so Just a hot. little, you know, <laughs> settle down on your dynasty talk, okay? You need one before you get any kind of dynasty talk. I know. Second, uh, dynasties were far more easy in the 80s and 90s when those people that Yari Curry and Gretzky weren't smoking darts in the second intermission <laughs> and plowing Pizza Hut in the pregame, okay? So it was a lot easier to have a dynasty. You guys don't carbo load anymore? <laughs> yesteryear. Yeah, those commercials are hot and I'm perfect. Love them. Um, I still love spaghetti because of And that. also, uh, you know, you said uh, Kelsey and Mahomes, they got this forged yes. relationship. I said it. I think it was episode 48 or something. Almost the start of last year. I know you're, where you're going with this, I think. Josh Allen, the Bills QB, Need- needs a bestie, man. Let's get him as Kelsey, bro. Thaddeus Moss? <laughs> Thaddeus Moss? I don't think the kid's ready yet, but if uh, that's uh, anything, man. The kid 
needs a bestie. A tight end bestie. Yes. The best kind of bestie. The big target. His drinking buddy, and now that's turned into gaming buddy. When I played recess football at St. Elizabeth Seton School, I played quarterback pretty much all the time. My buddy Lee did too. We, we had a bit of a rotation, but Kev was a receiver. And we had this guy named Mark Sargent, who was the best basketball player like in the region. I don't think he ever played football, but he could have. Because he was Calvin fucking Johnson. We had a Megatron in, in grade six. And I would just kind of escape whoever was rushing after four steamboats, run out there. Mark would be running to the right sideline. I'm running to the right sideline. And I just look at his eyes, and he's just going to stop, and I'm throwing it to his hands. And that's what they're doing out there. And we were hard to stop. And they're pros. We were just doing this at recess. Hard to stop. I had the mini football, too. You know those little ones? It was fucking amazing. I love amazing. nostalgia, but I, I hate it when you compare it to fucking pros. Recess. It's so weird, when, Look, look. The best guys make professional football look like recess football. And that's what I'm trying to say. Mahomes is running to the left sideline. He pushes a little knuckleball to Kelsey because he knew he'd stop when his receiver, when his uh, defender had to come over and block Mahomes' run. That's recess football. That's uh, Harris in the age bowl. Um, um, yeah, age bowl. R.I.P. Anyway. Uh, uh, they're cheating in baseball. They're cheating in fucking baseball. Oh, that was a quick 180. We're going to shift to that quickly. Because all of our baseball look who's talkers, they give me a lot of shit. I love these guys. Yeah, Dots has been riding me. But Dots, is a, he's a loyal follower, bro. He loves our stuff. But he's all over. These guys, Tim Shell, not liking the anti-baseball stuff. Let me get this straight. I like baseball. I like the purity of baseball. I love a playoff baseball game. There's nothing better. Uh, I still think they should institute my rules, especially the no timeouts one for baseball. Yo, they kind of did, Hugh. They brought in the pitching change that allows that limits the amount of time you can change your pitcher. Thank God. So that's kind of like no a half step to what you were you saying. You warmed up in the bullpen. Get the warm-up pitches out of here. <laughs> no, All no. Right. The actual change. That's yes. why I want to go for a dart in the tunnel at the Sky Dome. <laughs> Yeah, All right, this guy's fucking warming up. He's only going to pitch to the first batter. Like, come on. I got, let's go to the, babe, let's go to the store and get you a hat. You know? They got to eliminate signals in baseball. Okay? Pitcher's got an earpiece, pitching coach, whoever. You have a designate, somebody in the dugout and somebody into the pitcher's ear. Wherever you want that person to be, if you want it to be the catcher, the pitcher, the press box, whatever. Fuck the four finger signal and painting fingernails and trying to decipher these fucking hieroglyphs right. and smoke signals. I like. Of course, they're going to find a way to do it. I like the idea of stealing signals. If you're on second base, steal the fucking signals. If you are just like, you know, if it's going to be one of these things that's like allowed but not allowed, whatever. That's sports. Sometimes that happens. But at least, but get more, get more clear on it. And as soon as you institute technology, and, like, on purpose, breaking the rules. Like, yeah, fucking find them up. Also, these are the teams that are winning, winning the World Series. How good are these players? That's my question. The stats are inflated now. If you know something that you're not supposed to know. Also, also it's easy to, it seems easy to cheat in baseball. It's, it's hard to cheat in other sports. How do you fucking cheat in hockey in, to this equivalent? And that uh, doesn't, you can't. You can't really. What do you, so, what do you have an illegal stick? Who cares? It's going to make your backhand shit. But <laughs> so the Astros got busted. Now the Red Sox are following. Is this baseball's Me Too movement? <laughs> are they've all been guilty of this? 
on their rise to the top in one way or another. Well, one guy came out on Twitter today saying of course that the Dodgers, Yankees, he knows first-hand account. He deleted season, the tweet man. because I bet he wants to be a part of the investigation. It's the NHL coach witch hunt. It's the Hollywood. It's, it's what's going to happen. It's going to okay. sweep through baseball. Guy was banging on a garbage can with a bat every time it was an off-speed pitch. That's what they were doing. They couldn't read the signals all the time because the sequences are hard to learn. If you really want to know the story, like read it. Read it. It's an interesting story. Bob Costas breaks it down. Uh, the baseball over-under win totals are out uh, for all you future uh, bets. And the Yankees are listed at the highest ever, 104 and a half wins. They're predicting for the 2020 Yankees. The most ever has been predicted you, by Vegas. I think you take every team in this fucking scandal, like every team that you think's really... Sure. Okay? And if they really go hard against this, not with fines, but just with not allowing it anymore, take all those teams' win totals under. Don't fucking tell me it doesn't matter. They wouldn't do it if it didn't matter. So here's your uncovered bet, Hugh. There you go. Uh, you take the Astros. They're still really fucking good. Yeah, they got <laughs> 97 wins is their total. It only budged one game, dropping their manager, and all this fucking circus that's going to be everywhere, the cheating signs. You know, it's going to follow them. All year. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you who doesn't care. Jose Altuve's family no. doesn't give a fuck no. about cheating signals. That motherfucker got paid. They bought their ninth house. So did all. Then they got a big Latino movement going there. And, you know, it's another example of cheating pays. These guys got a title and fucking two and $300 million contracts. And the owner made a shit ton of money. And all this guy did was fire a manager. And a stats dude. There you go. Look who's talkers. Send us your favorite baseball futures win total. All right, and we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll read out the best ones, and why, and one one sentence of why. And uh, just a reminder, folks, I'll be smashing on the Titans plus seven and a half, and sprinkling on the under fifty two and a half in the AFC title game. And I got the Chiefs minus seven and a half because they're unstoppable, like Gretzky and Curry. And I got the Packers. Plus seven and a half, because I don't trust Jimmy G, because his coach doesn't. Giddy up. Okay, uh, we did some futures. Did, do we have any props picks, early props picks for the weekends? We, we don't know the numbers yet, but uh, one thing, I know you're going to list yours on Instagram. I'm liking the other Green Bay receivers be, besides Devontae Adams. They're going to have to step up, and I think that's where their advantage is, in the non-Richard Sherman defensive backs for the Niners. And they're not going to be able to run the ball that well, so they're going to have to do this. You know, for all the odd things that I'm, you must think that I do, yes. Jeff, you constantly falling in love with the number three receiver yeah. of the underdog yep. is something that, you know, is like <laughs> me leaving my restaurant name as Angel. <laughs> That's how fucking weird I think it is. Right, but it works. It's beautiful. <laughs> If you had taken stills, big money in it. If you had taken stills in the Houston game. Still. He got all of his yards for the game in one pass. He was 45 and a half yards for the game. He got it in one pass, 54 yards. Kenny I picked, stills. I picked Hopkins instead, and th he did go over. Uh, yeah, prospects were looking pretty good. I'll be posting them. I like the Green Bay receivers besides Devontae Adams just because they're going to have to double him. He just beat the Seahawks by himself. What are you doing? You did it before. It's the same thing they did last time. They rushed Rodgers, and they took Devontae Adams away. I, the Packers are going to have to do something else. Let's see if it works. Uh, for multiple touchdowns, which Thaddeus fucking Moss hit for the boys. 
in the LSU win in the national championship the game. Uh, fuck yeah, Thaddeus Moss. Uh, so what are you riding that on, Hugh? Yeah, I'm liking uh, Tevin Coleman for the San Francisco 49ers. He's not going to be as good value as uh, some of the sort of more underdogs. He'll be probably third or fourth on the list, but take him. They love him. And they just seemingly love him in the playoffs. I think he's going to get the majority of the carries. And he also catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. Shanahan loves him. Giddy up. Last time they played on Sunday Night Football, Tevin Coleman had a big game in the red zone. I think he'll do that again. I uh, also like Damian Williams. He's getting much more of a majority of the carries. He seems to be catching more out of the backfield. Shady McCoy did not even step in for the Kansas City Chiefs in the backfield. No love for Shady. So let's assume that Andy Reid's gone to one go-to guy who he trusts with the football more than anything because he knows the only thing that can really stop the Chiefs' offense is them getting in their own fucking way with fumbles, turnovers, whatnot. LaShawn still has that habit of carrying the ball like a loaf of bread. Uh, I don't know who cares a loaf of bread like that. Mostly put it in a bag with other groceries, but we got to do. I'm probably going to take long touchdown in the AFC title game as well. How could you not? Both teams like to go deep. Between, no, the, between the big run and the big pass. And for two weeks in a row, Huck Media has been telling me, take Derrick Henry and long rush and stop overthinking the whole fucking world. And then <laughs> shut the Huck up. I bet he's just got one thing to say to me. Go Titans, Jeff. And... Uh, Go Tigers. <laughs> Tigers and Titans. Thanks for listening. Episode 69. The Gronk Bowl. Uh, giddy up, folks. Enjoy it. Remember, if the Chiefs and the Packers win, it's the State Farm Bowl. <laughs> Championship Sunday. My favorite sporting day of the year. I like it better than the Super Bowl. I hope you enjoy your Championship Sunday. It'll be here live at Centennial. Doors open, folks. And in honor of our boy Royal... Uh, the Sprinkle and Smash, a.k.a. the Gambling Donut, the Hot Donut, a.k.a. the Sweaty Dones. <laughs> Giddy up. Come heavy or don't come at all. You leave your piece at home, that's your call. It never paid to be merciful. Come heavy or don't come at all.